All right, like Rick Root said, cut the music. It's just not working tonight. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, welcome to Bleacher Brawls. I'm John. I'm hosting tonight another Stripes episode. Got me and Michael here. We got somewhat matching shirts. Uh, if you can see over video, we both got our Yankees batting practice shirts on. I think I have Derek Jeter on, but it could be anybody. Michael, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing tonight? Uh, this is a Jeter jersey as well. Oh, nice. So we do have matching yeah. shirts. All right. And yeah, both Derek Jeter. You know this is going to be a good recording tonight. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> first pitch right off into it. Derek Jeter, uh, who's our number two hitter, and he's our leadoff hitter. So you and me are going to start this off one and two. Uh, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. How's your 4th of July? It was good, man. It was good. I got to spend it with some family. Uh, got to swim for, like, the first time this year. So kind of was nice to have, like, a, a day where, like, you know, no work going on nothing to really stress about besides just eating some barbecue and and enjoying some sun we had really good weather too so uh no complaints over here what, what about you oh it was good it was really good uh went over so we first off we had a family reunion on my wife's side on sunday so that would have been the second uh where we went to this Texas Social Club that a lot of her older aunts and uncles belong to and her mom's cousin, whatever. Um, so they, they're a bunch of people in their like 70s now, closing in on 80s, all go bowling at this old bowling alley that's got a little dance hall, a bar, and these little bowling alleys where they still have pin setters. Like two guys going back and they put the pins up for you and they roll the balls back. Like this is old. And I'm a pretty decent bowler. I was having a bad night and uh, or bad afternoon. My wife's uncle's like, dude, I know, like, I've seen you bowl. He's like, the lanes are not even here. <laughs> like, just <laughs> anything can happen. You're going to throw that ball. You don't know what's going to happen. And once I gate, like, accepted that, like, whatever, I'm just going to try my best and don't get too hard on yourself. I hit two strikes in a row and then I didn't get the turkey, but did eventually throughout uh, the rest of the night, did a little bit better once I just accepted the fact that those were some of the worst lanes ever. And then, yeah. <laughs> as we're saying, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then just like we're saying, fireworks on the Fourth of July. Uh, we were setting them off down here in Texas. I know up every all my friends up in Connecticut listening to this. We don't need the government setting off our fireworks for us. We do it ourselves in Texas. Uh, so it was all night long. Just everybody in the neighborhood is out in their in the street. We all go down the street because we're responsible. At least we try to be. Most of us and. Uh, Everyone sets off their fireworks from the street. It's uh, it was a pretty cool evening. So, uh, yeah, all in all, it was good. And we have to look for, we have to look and appreciate those things because the Yankees have just been terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, letting letting us down, I think, is the wording I used earlier. So I think that's probably what we need to go with. Uh, jumping into it, uh, let's just start off because we're all unhappy with the Yankees. And so I want to ask the question. We'll just have a conversation, talk about it, Michael. What's your off the top of your head? Your number one. What's the biggest letdown so far this season for you? Oh, oh man. Um, I guess. I mean, how could you not say like the the hitting? I mean, I, it's not just one guy, right? It's like the whole team is struggling. Um, I think the top guy is hitting like two thirty, which is not. Uh, Yankee standards. So um, I would say if you had to point to one thing, I mean, we could go all day about, how, you know, the coaching boom, the GM cash. I mean, it, you know, we can 
go all day about that, but I, I guess like you don't expect some of the stuff that right, you see from like Anthony Rizzo and DJ LeMay. I mean, even John Carlos Stanton, like you know, haven't seen a, a, a season like this in a while from him. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all been bad. Yeah, for me, I think that's kind of like those are the two guys that I pegged earlier in the season uh, being John Carlos Stanton and DJ LeMayhew. I truly believed in my heart DJ LeMayhew was going to have a bounce back year. And, you know, Stanton, Stanton, but I still expected better than this. And uh, they've just been, for me, the biggest letdowns because those were two guys I put a ton of faith in early in the season. I really thought they were going to be the guys, and they have not been the guys. They've just... They've really crushed my spirits this year, uh, both of those guys. And I don't know what's wrong. Stan's always hurt. And then LeMahieu, is he just lost it? Or is he hurt? Right? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'd love to hear from him and hear what he's got to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many, how, you know, how long can we keep saying he's hurt? You know, even he's starting to say he's healthy. So I think, it, I don't know. I, this week, I think was the first week. I think I came to the conclusion, like, he might have just, gotten old overnight but it's tough because like that's the one dude you rely on for consistency he's you know a former hitting champion so how do you just lose it overnight like that but I don't know I mean you run out of excuses like we said and the coaching I mean we just they fired their hitting coach so hopefully someone you know it's a wake-up call or something what do you think of Sean Casey Oh, you know, like that's interesting because I don't know so much if a new hitting coach is just going to change things overnight. But I do every from everything I've heard, he's a really liked, well liked and respected guy. He's actually friends with Aaron Boone, so like that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but I was pretty like you know, someone needed to get fired. This is the Yankees, and it's been a long time since people were getting fired, and I think a few people need to be on notice. So. Uh, if the hitting coach is a sacrificial lamb, I mean, that's a good place to start because that's our biggest disappointment we're talking about right now is the hitting. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not like a scapegoat type of situation, I hope they don't just blame all this on him and just think like, well, we fixed the problem because as much as we'd like to think that would be the case, it's not. Um, but like you said, the cool thing is, is Sean Casey, uh, he actually, I think played with, uh, Boone in Cincinnati for the Reds. So he's well-liked around here. Um, he's a career average 300 hitter. So at least we got someone that's played in the majors now, um, which is nice. <laughs> that's the thing that drove me crazy. Like, I remember Matt, when the Yankees had Don Mattingly as a hitting coach, it hit her, like the hitting did well that year. And then since then, like you said, it's been nobody. It's all these people I've never heard of, I've never played in the majors, maybe the exception, I think Marcus Timms was there for one year. But, like, mm-hmm. come on, like – it. Like, how how is someone who's never played in the majors really going to coach hitting? See, I feel the same with pitching when they do that, but they love their pitching coach. Uh, what's his name? Matt Blake. Um, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, yeah. So and that's exactly where I go with like right off the bat as far as disappointing and Torres to an extent too. Like I knew we were probably never going to see 2019 Glaber Torres again, but this is looking just like well, like 2019 was really the aberration and that Glaber Torres just is not really anything more than just an average major league baseball player. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I mean, he's, it's starting to get annoying. Like, like it's almost like he's like, doesn't care as much or I don't know. I mean, you know, he does. Cause like 
he's been with us for four years now, but it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to watch when you like, you know, you make everything look lackadaisical and like, it seems like once a week we, you get runs cost against you cause you made an error, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We, we compared him to Robinson Cano, but I don't even think Robinson Cano looked this bad during this, you know, this long of a stretch as far as making errors like that. I mean, that's, I think that's the reason they lost that Cubs game. Yes, yes, I definitely agree. And that's a great point because Cano was, he was a, he never said like, yeah, the fielding lapses happen where he just, it always felt like he's trying to look cool while he was making a play and then make an error in the process. But when those things happen and he embarrassed himself, he like locked down again for a little while. And Cano never went through these ice cold stretches at the plate either. I don't even know if ice cold, because I think he is still getting his hits, but just, he's just not the hitter that, Cano was I've you know second basemen aren't that hard to find and the Yankees have all these prospects in the minors I'm so okay with cutting ties with Glaber Torres any chance they get yeah I mean honestly I'm cool with cutting ties with everyone besides and I'll keep Garrett Cole because every time he gets in he looks like he's ticked off that their season's gone the way it has, but he's been consistent so that's that's all I ask for is just consistency and show me you care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like exactly. Just like have some heart out there. And Garrett Cole is like I mean everyone mocks him for like I shouldn't say everybody. The Red Sox side of the Bleacher Brawls mocks Garrett Cole for his voice and his approach and all. But he is a fiery dude out there. He's an intense dude. And I really like that's one contract that's gone right. So yeah, Aaron Judge and Gary Cole are definitely staying. And from that point on, it's gonna vary from you know I'm okay with if you stay, I'm okay if you go to just get off the team already, and I'll take a bag of balls for you. But that's I think yeah. another <laughs> another conversation. We've been negative. We've been, oh, did you have something else you want to add or? No, not necessarily. I mean, it just like you said. It's been, I mean, at least there's one bright spot is um, hopefully you get Judge back, and then you got Cole in the All Star game. So, um, Radon, I was going to ask you about him earlier. What did you think his first start? You know, I'll say this. Um, we got to We still got to make sure you get added to the Twitter group chat because, or maybe even heard it uh, on one of the episodes between me and Luke. But Carlos Rodon has dominated the first half. In the entire first half, he's only given up, like, two runs. Like, that is domination of, you know, three <laughs> April, May, June, three months of baseball or into July, three and a half months of baseball now. The guy's only given up two runs. That is a dominant starting pitcher, Luke, because um, I know you're going <laughs> to listen to this. But outside of that, you know, like, he looked all right, and let's just hope he builds on it. And maybe he's the guy that gets the first start coming out of the all-star break because you want to try to keep him in somewhat of a routine. But I'm excited to see what keep what, how if he can keep building on that first start. What did you think about it? Um, I, I was encouraged. I mean, I, the way the season's been going, I half expected just him to come out and get shelled for eight runs in the first three innings and get, you know, go back on the injury list. But um, it went well. I mean, it, I, I think he looked good, especially – you know, the beginning fans were behind him. I felt like he brought energy. Um, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure he lost the game because we got, we, we can't hit against a, a below 500 team, but um, yeah, it was, I, I, I was encouraged. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think he should come out and start, get his rhythm going. And then, I mean, he, you know, 
we need him to make any sort of run. So, right, we need between Rodon and Cole. We need those two pitchers that are going to keep other teams to two runs because, like, scoring three runs is a big ask out of this lineup right now. So yep. that's a great segue right now because we uh we talked about the negative and there's a lot of negative. Uh, the positive is, or if there is any positive, I want to ask you: Is there anything that you're seeing with this team that does give you hope for the second half? That like, yeah, they can get hot, they can make a run, and maybe even make a little noise in the playoffs. Um, I'm kind of uh, I, I I see the positive in both if they turn it around and if they go bad, if they stay bad. Um, I guess I'll start like you know the one positive thing is Aaron Judge has got to become hopefully in August. Um, so that would be right around the corner. He's got, you know, he did it once this year. He came back from injury and gave him a spark. And I think we rattled, like, I mean, we won like 10 out of the you know, first 12 he came back. So um, that's always encouraging when he's coming back. Um, I think our pitching, our starting pitchers, starting to become like an identity. I think starting to trust Domingo a little bit more. You know, the perfect game. We talked about that. But even his last start, he went, um, that game, that labor messed up. He went, you know, I think five or six. What he got, one, he one hit, he let go. So um, that's encouraging. Starting to get a rotation. Um, we talked about Sean Casey. Hopefully, that you know, like I said, getting a major league hitter who can actually see something that he's seen before in real life. Hopefully, that helps out. But um, no, I was gonna say optimistically, if they stay bad, maybe we see Jason Dominguez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh austin wells you know we start seeing some of his young talent and get some of the scrap metal but yeah yeah the last time that happened where the yankees kind of fell out of it and we started playing the young kids that was when you know aaron judge came up and destroyed a home run on his first pitch he dominated that ball um yeah. <laughs> you know t- obviously tyler austin had the home run before that sanchez got hot so i mean there are you know there's going to be a silver lining to it uh one thing I noticed, because we need Aaron Judge back, and I saw this stat today. Since he was placed on the IL, Yankees are 14-17, and 17, lowest batting average in Major League Baseball at 218, lowest on-base percentage in Major League Baseball at 288, so below 300 even, and 117 runs scored, which is the third fewest in Major League Baseball. So there is, it's just a pitiful bottom of the, Major League Baseball offense right now. And the yeah. other pitcher you mentioned was uh, what well, you mentioned the pitchers. I want to also point out Clark Schmidt, who I kind of killed earlier in the season, has really come on as a solid back end guy. Uh, he's going to give you five, maybe even six innings, a couple strikeouts, and really does seem to bring some sort of a bulldog mentality to his starts. Um, so now there's the question, right? We have Redon back, we have uh, Cole. We have Schmidt and Herman. We have Severino. And now Cortez, hopefully, is be- coming back soon. If Cortez comes back, who do you drop out of the rotation Like in, in sense of the bullpen? Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you send Severino down. Um, he's been awful. Like, he don't even trust himself. And that's, I think, we, you lose the game before he steps on the mound. And you can tell. That was his first pitch, and he don't know where it's going, or he's just praying that it's a strike. Uh, so I, I think there's a no-brainer. I think, you, I mean, I think he's going to come out and pitch one more game, they said, and they're going to kind of determine that'll be like the decision point is what I understood it as. But, I mean, I don't – how could you have any faith? I mean, 
He's he's been terrible. And they are in the sense they're kind of lucky that it is the final year of his contract. Because if he's got like three years left on his contract, you know you're seeing him in the starting rotation. So now mm-hmm. they've got really nothing to lose. And I, I do hope that they do make that decision. It's Unfortunately, it's the Yankees. So maybe if the numbers say otherwise, they pull like Herman out of the starting rotation because that's what they do, dumb things like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, or like pulling Herman out of the game when he's only given up one hit and like, oh, I, he walked the leadoff hitter and like, God, like, geez, whatever. Like that, that, that no seven, <laughs> seven, seven pitchers after that and then gave up four runs. <laughs> Right, it's just uh, so yeah. Oh God, just it was such a it was such a boom blunder, and yeah. So back to boom blunders. I hope he doesn't blunder this one too, and I hope they do pull. If Severino can't get it together, just pull him from the starting rotation. Um, because I think he's done here in New York. Uh, yeah, he, he. I think he. I think I agree. Last year. So one thing that kind of was giving me hope was at, from the series and kind of a odd way was seeing how well uh cody bellinger played at yankee stadium like he hit a home run made a nice catch in uh the field and it seemed like because the yankees have kind of been linked to him which he would be a good fit for the yankees i think um i think he's trying to make an impression and that's a good thing the fact that he seems to want to come to new york obviously you know having his dad kind of play a minor role for the yankees for a little while uh, he grew up in the area, knows what to expect out of the Yankee Stadium. And I so seeing a guy like that come in and play well in Yankee Stadium, it kind of reminds me of that whole Yankee killer. Like the Yank, when I was growing up, my dad would always call, and I know I think not just my dad, but a lot of people, uh, you'd see guys come into New York or play the Yankees and be Yankee killers. And the Yankees a lot of times targeted those guys. Like David Cohn was a Yankee killer when he pitched for the Royals and the Blue Jays. Uh, David Wells bounced around between like the Tigers, I think the Orioles and Blue Jays. And anytime he pitched against the Yankees, like he gave the Yankees a game. The Yankees went out and got those guys. I hated Tino Martinez in 1995. Like I, like I hated that whole Mariners team, but I really like Tino Martinez destroyed the Yankees. And I actually just looked this up. Tino Martinez splits in 1995. He, Batted 319 against the Yankees, which was the best. Oh, no, almost 342 against the Red Sox. That was the only other team he did better against. And of course, you know, everyone hits better in Fenway. Uh, so 319 against the Yankees, five home runs, 13 RBIs in only 13 games. Like he killed the Yankees. So the Yankees went out and got him. Um, that's why I think that going after Cody Bellinger after the performance he just put on at Yankee Stadium, I think it makes all the sense in the world now. And maybe that's a guy being a former MVP. Right? He is a former MVP, right? Yeah, he's a former MVP. I'm pretty sure. If, if he wasn't, he was in contention. Um, or maybe he was a former rookie of the year. Whatever it was, he, did, he was good once before. He could come into New York, a left-handed bat, and maybe kind of spark this team and carry us hoping Aaron Judge comes back healthy. So for me, that was a bright spot. I saw that as like, now the Yankees really have to make this deal. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you said, it's it's set up perfectly. It seems like he wants to come. He seems like he'd be a spark, and that's all we need. I mean, we just need a spark. I think the team rallies behind success. Um, they all want a piece of it as soon as someone has it. So you just need someone to come in, doesn't have the weight of the first half of the season, come in, new face, new attitude, kind of like – you know, when they traded for Harrison Bader, I felt like that was like a huge locker room shift. Um, just need some guy with some, you know, with some tenacity. Um, that's the other thing. We, we got no one that has like any 
microphone. Like, I want I want to hear a report that like someone was cursing people out in the locker room in their face. Like, you know, I want to hear John Carlos Stanton break a bat over his knee in the locker room and look at a few people sideways. Like, I I need something to happen. Like, because we know Aaron Boone's not going to do that. Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, something needs to shake, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, that would be a good addition. We need a, we need a fielder. We need a, anything would help. Yes, and I just looked it up. Bellinger was a was a rookie of the year in 2017 and MVP in 2019. So uh, the guy's proven he could play, and maybe you could find him with the Yankees. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, I would love to get, like, a real fiery guy in there, someone that could shake it up. Like you said, the Stanton could really make an impression in that locker room. I know Judge is kind of like um, like he's the undertaker of the locker room. Like, he's the presence. Like, you know, he keeps everything calm. Like, you need another guy, like a lieutenant in there that can really, like, you know, push this team a little. Maybe, like, like you said, break a bat, throw a chair, flip a table. Like, you know, put somebody through a table. Dudley bomb, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like you said, Aaron Judge. I mean, he's got to be like priority. He's the captain. He's, you know, he's he's the face of the franchise. But you do need someone that's like, you don't have to like me, but you will play hard for this team. You need someone that's gonna just, like, you know, not threaten someone, but look at him sideways. Um, I miss the old days of when my coach used to do that. But like we said, we, that ain't gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, all right. So that uh, so there is at least some positives to look forward to. You know, like we said, it's a rotation's got an identity. Maybe the Yankees have a move up their sleeve. And in a worst case scenario, we're seeing guys like Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells and uh, Trey Sweeney. I I have heard good things about too. So maybe he's another guy the Yankees could bring up um, and trade off some pieces. You know. Um, Whatever, the Yankees aren't out of it yet. So we are at a critical point where they're either going to come out of the All-Star break and make a run. I think they open against Colorado, which is the best team we could really open against. If they can't beat Colorado, I think it tells you who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so here's the other thing. So All-Star game going on right now. I have no idea the score. Um, but last night it was the Home Run Derby. I've cut the cord, so I didn't see the Home Run Derby. I not watching the all-star game right now i watch all the yankees games through mlb t- uh, tv um which we should be for as much as we mentioned that on this show we should really be getting some advertising money uh <laughs> but no major league baseball they might just sue us instead right <laughs> yeah. yeah i was say if you're a, if you're a cincinnati fan it doesn't matter because they're bought out by that bali sports so even if you have mlb tv you can't watch their games unbelievable yeah, classic Cincinnati. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking of a game that would be fun uh, with the home run derby going on. Uh, would be the ultimate Yankee Stadium home run derby. So we're gonna say we're the home run derby is happening in Yankee Stadium, and then you we're gonna pick four Yankees of all time, any four that you want. And four all-time major league non-Yankees, uh, and they could have played for the Yankees, just not. You're not picking them as an all-time Yankee uh, in this home run derby. So I thought this was pretty cool. I had a fun time thinking it up. However, I warn everybody listening, as I was telling Michael earlier, because I'm an open book. Uh, it's been a heck of a week for me. Um, sick kid. Uh, getting multiple times woken up through the night. 
uh, I said, let's pick four. And in my mind, I picked three and somehow miscounted thinking that was four. So I got three good ones and I'm going to come up with a fourth on the fly. But uh, I think a fun place to start would be let's do the non-Yankees first and we'll close out with the Yankees. So why don't you give me two, uh, Michael? Give me two non-Yankees that you'd want to see in this home run derby. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with – and I don't like saying this because he hates the Yankees. Uh, For whatever – he had an incident when he was – when his dad played, he was a kid. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, he's a Cincinnati legend around here, but – I mean, no matter if you like him or not, you got to respect the swing. It's like the most perfect swing ever. Um, I, I've always been a fan and admire nothing else. He kind of makes one of those guys who made baseball cool for a little bit. Um, so I would love to see him there. Uh, I know he, when his dad was playing, he's, uh, his dad used to take him to the games. The Yankees wouldn't let him on the field or something. So he had told a reporter one day, if the Yankees are the only team to ever offer him, he'd retire. So that, that rubs me the wrong way, being a lifelong. But um, and then secondly, probably see. I don't know how you feel about steroids, but Barry Bonds uh, was one of them. Like, I mean, I don't count. I, I still get in my record, but he still hit. You know, steroids don't make you see the ball and hit it perfectly like he did. So um, that's that would be my two if I want to see some two guys go at it all the time. So I agree with both of those. And I remember that ESPN article with Ken Griffey Jr. I actually remember the cover of him like holding the bat at like the camera. And it was like, the, it said stick it or something. And I, I was so hurt by that because I always wanted to see him play for the Yankees. And I couldn't understand why he would feel that way. So, um, and then Barry Bonds, yeah, I don't care about steroids. I, a lot of people that steroids, the pitchers were on steroids. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like, he just he just crushed home runs. Uh, and both those guys, left-handed bats in Yankee Stadium. Like, those, I'd love to see that. So, they were actually both on my list. So, I'll keep, but I tried to make, uh, I've making a bigger list. So, I'm going to go with, um, my next one is actually going to be another left-handed stroke. Did play for the Yankees, but I'm not putting him in as a Yankee. Uh, 1980s prime Daryl Strawberry left-handed home run uh, derby in Yankee Stadium. I think it would just be – it would be sick. Like, if anybody can match uh, Bonds and Griffey in their primes, Daryl Strawberry in his prime is just one of those candidates. Uh, he just had that smooth, smooth swing. It was so cool to watch. Um I mean, yeah, is a, a New York New York legend, just not the right team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And maybe if he did come up with the Yankees, uh, things wouldn't have gone as poorly as they did at times. Um, <laughs> so let's see, we got those guys. Um, and then I'll go. You know, I'll go with is um, the all time. Well, not the all time, but the former all time home run king. Hammering Hank Aaron, uh, again, I not someone I ever got to see play, but I would love to see play. So if I'm putting him in as as mine as as one of my four, uh, it's going to be Hank Aaron. So um, obviously deserving. I'd love to see what he could do. So we'll keep going. Two more. Do you have two more all time non Yankees that you put in there? Yeah, I got a few of them. Hank Aaron was on my list because I remember like my dad, huge Hank Aaron fan, like. He's a Yankees guy, but there was one guy who didn't play for the Yankees. He was like that was his, you know, his home run king kind of thing. Um, but the two other two I wrote down, um, Mark McGuire, 
just was like the way I came up, you know, I was a kid during that time when he was going at it. Uh, so it was just, you know, one of those guys we talked about making your jersey his number. Um, and then Albert Pujols, probably, you know, someone who's not talked about as much as he should be as far as home run hitting. Yeah, definitely. Both really good choices. So, are you said McGuire, so I'm going to go this way because I have a list of a couple because just in case. And um, I'm actually going to go because I grew up as a kid when it was Jose Canseco on 40 for 40. And I remember his rookie card being like worth $100. And it was like there's this Jose Canseco mania. And since we already went over, you know, since we already blew way past the steroid line, I'm throwing Jose Canseco prime like 1988 40 for 40 Jose Canseco. Uh, he's going to go out there. He's not going to wear a hat when he hits those home runs. He's got to show off his hair. Jose Canseco is on my list. Um, I did not know, think I was going to say that. So there's another ex-Yankee, but not going in as a Yankee. He's going in as an egg. And then the last one is going to be another ex-Yankee. Um, because I actually had a possibility of a father-son duo with the fielders. Um, I'm going to go with Cecil, though. Big Daddy, again, from my childhood. So that's the guy who I think I'd put in there over his son. You know, both obviously tremendous home run hitters. Prince is left-handed, so it would make more sense. But from a personal standpoint, Cecil Fielder goes in. And just when he got traded to the Yankees in 1996, for him to have been that great home run hitter, and my dad would be like, Cecil Fielder's a Yankee. It just it blew my mind. It was crazy. I remember the pictures of him, like, coming off the plane with that big smile. He was so happy to be there. And then really should have been the 1996 World Series MVP because he was just on fire that series. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was that. I felt like I had another story, but I guess with no reason to keep getting sidetracked with my stories. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, I will say it because it does involve the Yankees. 2013, I had season uh, the Saturday season tickets, my wife and I, with uh, her best friend and her husband, who I'm really good friends with. Uh, and we, so we had bleacher Saturday tickets and it's 2013. So it's like the worst Yankee season in my lifetime. Well, since like 1992 that you could have those tickets and the Yankees were terrible. Jeter was hurt all season. It was just bad. Uh, I think it was the year Euclid played like six games for them. Um, and, but the one highlight as the season was kind of got into like August uh, the Tigers were coming into town and Phil Hughes was going to be starting that game. So I'm like, okay, well maybe like I'm in the bleachers. It's Miguel Cabrera. It's Prince Fielder and it's Phil Hughes pitching. Uh, I'm, if I'm ever going to catch a home run ball, it's going to happen in this game. And I was excited. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be ready. I didn't really even drink that game thinking like, I don't want to be impaired because if there's a ball, like I'm going to make it like a real like effort to get it. Uh, if I had to run over that home run guy, I would have ran over that home run ball guy, you know, the Zach, whatever, Hempel. Uh, and that game just happened to be the one game where, like, Phil Hughes wasn't horrible. And he only gave up one home run. I think it was to Cabrera, and it was unfortunately nowhere near me. So, um, yeah, that just the Prince Fielder thing got me sidetracked. So I hate Phil Hughes is basically how I yeah. feel about that. <laughs> have, you, have you ever caught a ball? I have not. And the closest I came, I worked for a company called Jupiter Media. Owner, the founder and CEO, was a huge Yankees fan. I think he pitched in college, possibly for Tulane. I might be having that right uh, wrong. Uh, and he we, he had tickets and like season tickets and he'd give them out to the um, employees when they, he, he wasn't using them for like whatever with like for clients and whatnot. 
And these were right behind the third base dugout. So he gives out tickets one night, and I take my dad because they're like the just tremendous seats. The other guy, uh, there's another lady and her friend there, and like the lady's like 60, probably late 50s, early 60s. The friend is the same way, and a foul ball gets hit, and like they're in the way, and I can't get it. And like I see the ball bounce right there, and I'm like doing everything I can to get past these two who are just standing in the way, and I cannot get to the ball. It bounces just out of my reach, like on the step, it goes off. And my dad looks at me, he's like, we just have that unspoken thing where he's like, you would have got that ball if it wasn't for those ladies. Oh. And the woman laughingly says, oh, if it wasn't for us, you would have got that ball. And like, I look at my dad and he's like, don't kill her, don't kill her. Um, <laughs> so that was the closest I ever came. And God, even you can tell it still eats me alive to this day. Oh, what about you? Yeah. Have you ever got one or come close? No, no. I will say um, prominent memory i guess of mine is the earliest i can remember going to like uh, my first like reds game here yankees were in town i was going with a, a family friend like our two you know his you know my dad and his, his friend and then his son and they were actually mets fans so came from i think they moved to uh, from new york with my parents like around the same time so they knew each other in new york and um it wasn't a ball but you know the closest this is the closest i've ever got the t-shirts um got shot up in the air uh you know my me and my dad you know just stood there hand up kind of thing everyone's died for it just magically fell down in my dad's hand and uh just one of those things you know i i keep it because it's got the yankees versus reds the first you know uh, i think it was like you know whatever 2003 2004 something like that so it was cool uh, that's that's the closest i've ever been as far as ball not really but that's really cool because everyone wants a T-shirt. And honestly, they only fire off a handful of those. Like, you can catch a dozen. There could be a dozen foul balls in a game, if not more. I mean, they only shoot off, like, six T-shirts. So that's actually probably <laughs> even harder to get. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the thing goes around the whole stadium and shoots, like, three around each side. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's actually really awesome. Um, that, that's a pretty cool story. All right, so we'll jump in next. Um, we did the non-Yankees. Now everybody's favorite part, the Yankees. So we're going to go with our all-time Yankee uh, home run derby. Same deal. You do two. I'll do two. You do two. I do two. Okay. I was gonna and say, feel free uh, to take as long as you want to explain it because this is the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say my list, uh, I know you said pick like four, but my list is like 12 deep. So I uh, started getting to it. I mean, if, if I had to pick all-time, like, who I definitely want to see go up against each other. My first two would probably be Aaron Judge because he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. When I mean, when he's in the mojo, you can't pitch to him. And then uh, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, say what you want about him. I know he's cheesy on TV, but I'll defend him because he won the Yankees a ring. And, again, you didn't want to pitch to that guy when he when he had the sight going. So, um I would like to see those two square off for sure. Yeah. Again, I'll defend Alex Rodriguez. Um, remember when we did the, the when Derek Jeter was retiring, it was re, the respect with the number two uh, to troll Luke. I would always like re- referring to Alex Rodriguez. I'd write forgive with the I and the E being a one and a three. So he just knew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alex was Alex and I honestly like Alex, the retired Yankee probably more than I liked Alex the Yankee. Cause like now as he's retired, he's got like a little bit more of his personality coming out. He's a more likable guy. 
So I'm glad to see him kind of finally coming into his own and um, really growing up from, you know, the Alex that we all knew and sort of loved. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> who, so, who, uh, who was your who was your two? So I'll start off with my top two. Uh, number one being Mickey Mantle. The home runs he I he reportedly hit were legendary. I'd love to get a chance to see that. Uh, Mantle was my dad's favorite player, so uh, sentimental reasons as well. Like I'll put Mantle on that list. You know, my dad always talks about Mickey Mantle, and he is kind of a legendary and iconic player as well as in all of Major League Baseball, not even just the Yankees. So I'm putting the Mick on there. I'd love to see him take some left-handed swings in Yankee Stadium, um, and just utilize that le- uh, right field wall. And then. Uh, my next one is actually I'm going to go with uh, Reggie Jackson because Reggie could hit some monster shots. And uh, in a really cool thing, um, I, I, my, I love old-timers day. Me and my dad obviously talk. Uh, I mention my dad all the time is talking Yankees history. So we've been to a, quite a few Yankee, uh, old-timers days together. And the first one I ever went to, it was the mid-'90s. So we're probably thinking like 94, 95, 96 era. Um I, I could have that year wrong. I just remember it being our the first uh, old-timers day that we went to together. I do know DiMaggio was still alive because he was there. And I saw Reggie Jackson hit a home run. I never saw Reggie Jackson hit a home run as a Yankee. Uh, you know, he I was born in 1982. I think that was the year he left. Uh, but then I went to Yankee Stadium and watched Reggie Jackson hit a live home run in Yankee Stadium. It was this cool moment. Like, my dad loved Reggie. Like, it was he was a legend. I was so excited. And, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you ever actually were at the old Yankee Stadium, but that old Yankee Stadium just, when they, people were cheering, like, you felt it, like, through the floor, like, through the cement, like, you felt that stadium, like, roaring. And it was just one of those moments where that happened, where Reggie hits home run and the stadium just erupted. So it was such a cool moment. I, I was reminded of it again this week, and uh, I just thought it was a great opportunity to bring that up. Yeah, that is that is cool. I say I've never had the pleasure of going to the old Yankee Stadium, but um, I've heard the same thing. I mean, I, and I've heard because uh, the the Red Stadium, obviously, the, like the Reds are just now getting good. And my whole life has not been that good, uh, but I I've seen like parts times where the Red Stadium gets loud and stuff like that. And then the same thing, my dad used to tell me, "You think this is loud?" But he goes, "You know, back in the day, the '90s." You know, this would this would be nothing. So I, I've heard rumors. Yeah, it, it definitely, man. It, it was something else. So who are your next two? Who are you going to close out with? Um, I don't know, cause I, I mean, okay, so Babe Ruth, right? All time, like he's he's the king, right? But it does concern me, like when people say, like you know, he you know he wasn't going up against the p- pitching that's going on now. So you know, I the reason why I put him on the list is because, and I know you're in the home run derby, stone him love and stuff like that, but I would, I put him on there because I want to see what he would like. If he went up against Garrett Cole, would he still be the same hitter? Cause I mean, say what you want. I mean, hitting a baseball is one of the hardest thing to do in all sports. So um, to be that good and anything, have all these records hold up still. Um, I know the pitching is good, but you know, so is the athletes today. They're way better than they were back in the day too. So, um, he would be the one, and then um, probably Lou Gehrig. Um, I mean, I obviously out of my timeline, but there's no movies and like, 
old time stuff that comes out about him. Um, that just like you know, I, I think I know too much about him. I just want to see him play. Yeah, yeah, and I think Gehrig's a guy that would probably translate because you hear the stories about how muscular he was and what his forearms were like, and he even took strength conditioning important back then. Uh, and then, babe, you're right with babe. Though I would love to see it because it's still we're still in Yankee Stadium. I'd love to see what he do against Gary Cole, but like it's Yankee Stadium home run derby. Uh, it's they're going to be lobbing it in there. He should be able to hit a few. And I think everybody like people just love him like eating hot dogs and drinking beer in between the bats and stuff. So I think that presence of it would be really cool. Um, so my next pick is going to be, and the reason I said it, so anybody that knows me is going to know I. I stacked this question specifically so I can add Don Mattingly. I specifically said Yankee Stadium in your prime because Don Mattingly is a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium and his prime was sick where he was just hitting line drives, line drives to all fields, but he could really, if he wanted to in a home run derby, really take care, like take care of business utilizing uh, right field for the Yankees. So yes, this question was completely stacked so I could ensure that I had Don Mattingly on my list. Um, now this is the hard part because like, so you you took four names off of my list, but like as I said, I started out with three, and then I started making this list in a matter of moments. My list, like you said, grew to twelve. So I've narrowed it down, and I have to make my final pick with the Yankees. Oh, there's so many hard names. Um, you know what? Because I said I hated Utino Martinez, and I only for a year, only for 1995. Uh, I was gonna go Gary Sheffield or 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 Dave Winfield, but I'm gonna go Tino Martinez because I do feel bad that I actually came out and said the words that I hated Tino Martinez. I don't think I've said I've hated you since 1995, but like from '96 on, I didn't hate you. But in context tonight, I did say those words um, for 1995. But so. He, Tino Martinez will be the last guy on my list. Another left-handed bat and a former home run derby winner too. So, um, you know, good for him. <laughs> Any honorable yeah. mentions? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say his name because he's, he's had a bad year. But John Carlos Stan, I mean, like who doesn't want to see him swing a bat coming at him like a lob? Yeah, I mean, he's built like a specimen. Um, I, he, he's a, another former home run hitter. I think he won the Derby back in like 2016, 17, like right before, I think it was his last year with the Marlins when he had that crazy season. I think he won it that year. Um, but yeah, him, um, I would say, and then pretty much on the other side, nine Yankees, we listed all the ones. <laughs> so I would say, uh, we went through my list pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. And I said, I just mentioned Winfield and Sheffield. Those would be two guys I'd like to see in the Yankees, but both again, both right-handed bats. So that would play against them. Um, and Jason's, didn't mention DiMaggio, but again, a, a right-handed bat. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I I did write down Jason Giambi, but only because he was another guy that I was just like I wouldn't you know you, not someone you want to meet in the back alley. Just an attitude guy, <laughs> probably get pissed off and hit a couple dingers out the park. Yeah, and a guy that honestly played late into his like career, like he was in his forties when he finally retired. He's still a decent hitter off the roids. And I yeah. think he's been a pretty decent hitting coach out in like uh Cleveland or wherever he was. So <laughs> um yeah, so that was pretty that was a lot of fun actually. I'm glad we did that. Uh and I'm glad I had to start thinking of names on the fly because that was pretty cool too. <laughs> So uh, this has been fun. Uh, really great time talking about the Yankees. Great way to spend the All-Star break because I do miss baseball in this short period of time that we don't have it. Um, 
So any closing words, Michael, any shots you want to tell Luke that he really needs to learn the t- uh, the meaning of the word dominate. I mean, what, what do you got to say? <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I've, uh, I need to come on one of those rivalry shows and introduce myself formally so I can uh, repeat, you know, how how uh, the Yankees have been bad, but we still have a better record than the Red Sox. So, uh, uh, no, but uh, yeah, prayers that uh, we get back to the second half and um, Aaron Judge come back sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, that's that. We're just all praying for the uh, Aaron Judge return. And uh, I think that closes us out. So you guys know where to find us. Again, as you listen, you're listening to this podcast. So you clearly have a place you listen to podcasts. But also feel free to check us out on YouTube, website bleacherbrawls.com, where we're posting uh, articles Monday through Friday. Some really good stuff. Um, Pat posted an awesome quiz the other day. Uh, I'm throwing this back a couple weeks, but uh, Caroline had a Caroline had a really good article about uh, getting invested in softball. Was as a father of two daughters, I thought it was a really good article. Um, Derek always always says it's down on the farm stuff. Uh, you could hear me and Caroline talk about the Yankees and Luke. Uh, as much as I killed the guy. Uh, tremendous writer, not so I, you know, I could give or take his Boston writings, but anything he writes between the lines, the starting nines, oh, you have to check it out. So that's my plug for the website for the night. Um, again, I'm John, this is Michael, and you're listening to Bleacher Brawls. Thank you and have a great night.